Welcome to Happened Here. People, places, and the stories they tell. I'm Stephen Fry, host of Episode 6, Three Bobs. Does what it says on the tin. Sometimes at Happened Here, we focus on a period, sometimes a theme. In this episode, we're going to focus on one simple word and tell the stories of three bobs. An orange cat, a hairdo that every girl wanted in the 1960s, and the world's best-loved reggae artist. Without further ado, let's begin. Peckham Manor School, South East London, and the Lyceum Ballroom, Wellington Street, Covent Garden. Go on then, impress us. Written by James Rampton, performed by Cassius Conney. The pupils from Peckham Manor School in South London had no idea how lucky they were. On that dreary afternoon in March 1972, they were thoroughly fed up. Very much against their will, they were being shepherded by their art teacher, Keith Bohr, into the school gym for an impromptu lunchtime concert. Shuffling into the gym with that stroppy, recalcitrant manner which teenagers down the ages have patented, they were muttering complaints of, Not fair! I wanted to play football! And most frequently, Boring! In front of them, two young men were waiting on raised stools. They were carrying acoustic guitars and looks of genuine apprehension. The performers' fears were only exacerbated as the school children plonked themselves down on plastic bucket chairs and, without bothering to take off their dark school blazers, sat there with their arms defiantly crossed, as if to say, Go on then, impress us. It did not take long for them to be impressed. Introducing themselves as Bob Marley, a reggae artist from Jamaica, and Johnny Nash, a US soul singer, the previously nervous duo played a spellbinding 45-minute set. It included such soon-to-be-famous songs as Stir It Up, Reggae on Broadway, and I Can See Clearly Now, which was to reach number one in the US later that year. Their performance completely won over the previously bolshy children, before you could say, get up, stand up, the youngsters were on their feet, clapping and cheering. Some even took their blazers off. Afterwards, Marley patiently took questions from the audience, including many about his stripy beanie hat. He then marched out to the playground, grabbed a football, and dazzled the assembled youngsters with his dribbling skills. A summary of Marley's day at Peckham Manor School would be, back of the net! This memorable event had its roots in the West End. A couple of evenings earlier, Marley and Nash had bumped into Bohr at the Bag Nails, then the most happening club in London. The musicians had moaned to the teacher that, despite working on some terrific new material, no one in London was paying them a blind bit of notice. So, in a flash of brilliance, Bohr suggested the inspired publicity stunt of playing a pop-up gig at his school. After that, Marley did not remain on the school gym circuit for long. He made London his second home and soon became the world's first global reggae superstar. Just three years later, on the 16th of July 1975, 
his career had led him to a rather different venue. The Lyceum Ballroom, now the Lyceum Theatre in Covent Garden, with his band, The Wailers. There he gave what is widely regarded as one of the most electrifying live performances of all time. And let's not forget, Covent Garden has been home to astonishing musicians for centuries. Fortunately for us, the show was taped using a mobile studio supplied by the Rolling Stones, who were massive Marley fans. The result was Live, a justly celebrated album, which features such timeless classics as No Woman No Cry, I Shot the Sheriff, and Trench Town Rock. They also played an older song, Stir It Up, a lovely nod, perhaps, to the legendary Peckham Manor School gig. From Bob Marley to Bob the Cat, a stray ginger tabby named Bob who captivated the heart of busker James Bowen and went on to wow the world with his stray cat strut. Near Covent Garden Tube Station? Often on Neal Street, near the crossing with Shelton Street, sometimes in the piazza. Not your usual busker. Written by James Rampton, performed by Joanna Lumley. He was the feline entertainer who made everyone grin like the Cheshire Cat. Covent Garden is a renowned training ground for human entertainers, but it's also where one of Britain's most celebrated performing animals first tried out his act. In 2007, the busker and former homeless man James Bowen was just about making ends meet by playing his guitar and selling the big issue in Covent Garden. Struggling on a methadone programme, this one-time drug addict was very much down on his luck, until an adorable ginger tabby turned up out of the blue and changed his life. The stray cat appeared out of nowhere one day in the hallway of James's block of flats in Tottenham, North London. The mysterious, magnetic Moggy, whom James named Bob, after the character Killer Bob in the TV drama Twin Peaks, was injured and James spent his last pennies on medication to nurse him back to health. After that, James adopted Bob, or perhaps I should say, Bob adopted James. They were inseparable. The feline would even leap onto his new friend's shoulders and accompany him on the number 73 bus to his busking gigs in Covent Garden. Every day on the piazza, Bob would entrance passers-by with stunts selected from his dazzling box of tricks. Videos of his highly entertaining feats, a particular favourite was Bob high-fiving James, started flooding onto YouTube. Those early days in Covent Garden jet-propelled the cat to global stardom, and at that point I'm sure Bob even thought of getting an agent. He went on to become the subject of a best-selling book and a hit movie, both felicitously entitled A Street Cat Named Bob. During the making of the film, Bob only added to his starry luster when the professional stunt cats proved incapable of emulating his most challenging tricks, and he had to step in front of the camera to save the day. As he did so, no doubt he sighed, Oh, do I have to do everything myself? Tourists from all over the world flock to see the fated pet performer.
At Bob's book signings, queues would snake around the block as fans lined up to hand their idol gifts, such as homemade scarves and pillowcases. No, me neither. The ginger peppered up James's life and gave him a renewed sense of purpose. James was in such good shape that he came off the methadone, attributing this very positive step to Bob. He needed me more than I needed to abuse my own body. He is what I wake up for every day now. He's definitely given me the right direction to live my life. But sadly, the story does not have a happy ending. On the 15th of June 2020, 14-year-old Bob was hit by a car and died. In an outpouring of grief, tens of thousands of people signed a petition calling on the Mayor of London to erect a statue in his honour. In 2021, one was put up on Islington Green, close to where James first sold the big issue. The feline is now immortalised in bronze as a street cast named Bob. Cats do not come any cooler than hairdresser Vidal Sassoon and fashion designer Mary Quant, who between them changed the look of the 60s. 108 Bond Street, London. The Bob That Changed the World. Written by James Rampton, performed by Sharma Rahman. One morning in the early 1960s, Mary Quant, the rising star of the fashion world, was rushing down Bond Street. She was stopped in her tracks by a photograph of a haircut in a salon window. It was so revolutionary, it made her hair stand on end. The bob stunned me, she recalled. It was unlike any style I'd ever seen before, sharp, geometric and precision cut. The sign on the window said Vidal Sassoon. Sassoon's salon was a rudimentary affair, a hastily converted attic at the wrong end of Bond Street. But that didn't matter. Having hurried up to the salon in a rickety lift, Quant came face to face with a kindred spirit. A man with huge charisma, Sassoon went about his work with the panache of a rock star. His motto, if you don't look good, we don't look good. She had turned up at the salon sporting a lustrous ponytail, but she agreed with the magnetic hairdresser that the bob was the business. Don't do it, cried an actress, waiting for her own trim. Quant was not to be swayed. An hour later, she and Sassoon had transformed the face of fashion. Then, on the 10th of November, 1964, Quant her fame, now stratospheric, was accompanied to the salon by the press. They snapped Sassoon, cutting her hair even shorter into his famous five-pointer bob. Inverted Vs showed her ears, a sharp W defined the haircut close to her neck. Quant's hair appointment was one of the most significant meetings of the decade. As much as the Beatles or Carnaby Street, the bob came to define the swinging 60s. As Quant put it, Vidal Sassoon, the pill and the miniskirt changed everything. Sassoon's trademark short pixie cut highlighted Quant's best features. The piercing eyes, the sensuous neck, the cheekbones to die for. 
and forged her timeless look. Influenced by Bauhaus architecture, Sassoon saw his work as an art form. Peggy Moffat, one of his models, declared, Sassoon was to hair care what Picasso was to painting. His pioneering hairstyle fundamentally altered the way women in the mid-1960s looked and lived. Sassoon snipped all ties with the oppressive hair care regimes that women had endured in the 1950s. His epoch-making bob was ready to go. Women were no longer chained to endless elaborate rituals involving curlers, beehives, backcombing, and enough hairspray to destroy several ozone layers. Nor were women now prisoners of weekly visits to the salon where their perms would be boiled alive for several hours underneath a thermonuclear hairdryer. With his up and out and bob, Sassoon gave busy young women the most precious commodity of all time. In the same way, Quant was also emancipating young women, creating easy-to-wear clothes, dispensing with the 50s corsets and layers of petticoats. She designed clothes that enabled women to move freely, ditching restrictive pencil skirts. She invented miniskirts and hot pants, coloured tights and cheerful makeup. Her fashion did just as much to liberate women and enrage the older generation as anything conceived in the electrifying new era of sex, drugs and rock and roll. Together, Sassoon, Quant and the haircut were icons of the social revolution that shook the 1960s. The world was bouleversé, bowled over by the bob. And so, with a bob and a weave, we've gone from school kids in Peckham to performing pussycats to a happening hairdresser's salon. Happened here. People, places, and the stories they tell. Hi, Sharma Rahman here. I'm loving being involved with Happened Here. I'm reading great stories, and it's wonderful to work with some marvellous young writers and performers. Come and find out more about us. Join us at happenedhere.com. But for now, everybody involved in Happened Here, the writers, the hosts, the performers, thank you for listening. Do come again. We've got lots more stories to tell.